the doctor here with Herosia Parrish and Joseph to discuss Star Trek Discovery with some ridiculously bullshit based promotions. That's, <laughs> I so we're it. just gonna start off the bat yeah. with that. We gonna jump. We we, we, going, dive, we diving in the deep end. Buckle up, bitches. Here we go. We choose it. We choose the violence at the beginning, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Get started. I, we were gonna I, go like with a soft boo love hookup. No, or <laughs> I am Cersei from season six, episode ten, a Game of Thrones blowing up the whole fucking church. Let's go. <laughs> we are discussing. Episodes six and seven, Scavengers and Unification. Scavengers, where after getting a message from Book, she goes and finds him in a very running man style prison. I'm like, even down to the jumpsuits and mm-hmm. little explosive devices on their necks. I'm like, this is some running man shit. And Unification, where we confirm that um, Star Trek and Ma- uh, Mass Effect exist in the same universe because they talked about mass relays. And book i'm mean, no, so not book book um michael got her some after a year of some bullshit as well as got her herself demoted and tilly got herself promoted in one of the most i like tilly y'all i like tilly i y'all, do this is a pro tilly podcast however yeah this ain't tilly this is a ruse dumbass this yeah. there is a list of people who need to come ahead of tilly in terms of her promotion Right. Okay. So can can I just go ahead and 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 lay in right quick? Get the party started. Okay. So listen. Um. In the whole great stupid say yes scene, everyone's saying say yes, say yes, say yes. Do you? Uh, everyone in that engineering department was lieutenant uh lieutenant JG or higher up to command. Mm-hmm. And yet and still, Captain Calamari decides he wants to promote Ensign Tilly to acting first officer. Yes, is acting. Yes, she has the position, but she doesn't have the title uh, of the rank. But still, there's a whole... She didn't even finish. She didn't even finish school. No, she didn't finish the CTP. That was that was what she was... That was her whole push last season. And Saru, God, you big stupid dummy. You, uh, just, you, you went through a wormhole. You know who else went through a wormhole? Everybody else. <laughs> You know, I, you, you know, I was laughing uncontrollably when I read that, right? But you going to get, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> there are so many other people on that ship who could have, Culber would have been a decent uh, number one. Uh, I would have rather seen, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, help me out. Uh, Jack? Other, yes. Damn it. Oh. I wouldn't have minded seeing her as as uh, number one. Tilly? No. Absolutely not. Give give it to somebody. Okay, I get it. You have to give it to Mary Wiseman because she's a title character. She's on the... Uh, uh, so's Awasha Khan. So's Bryce. So's Reese. No, so's Detmer. And I get why you wouldn't give it to Detmer because Detmer's dealing with some serious PTSD. Right. But Awasha Khan is adjusting well. Reese and Bryce are having a fucking blast. They grinning every time you see them. You could have oh. picked one of them. Or Nilsson. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to pick Nelson. I thought he was going to pick Nelson. And Tilly called it. She said, are you picking me because I'm compliant? Yes, bitch. Yes. Yes. Pretty much. 
Yes. And I kind of understand what Saru's thinking is. Like, he needs that optimistic Federation thing. He wants to be the whole Renaissance picture up above. But hold on, hold on. He needs to stop playing 2D, 2D chess and start getting into the game and start going 4D because he's going to start getting people killed. And no offense, you know who else is compliant? Reese, Price, Hoshikan, yes. yes. Nielsen. Yes. They yes. all follow so, fucking orders. Okay, so I, 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 I been keeping my mouth shut because um I'm I've never been in the military but um it seems to me that this would this is an opportunity for Starfleet to actually install someone into discovery yes! that and, and and actually from a writing standpoint that would make a more interesting story even it though makes we it more went, tense right we went even though like as viewers we we're firmly attached to this to this crew and we're instantly not going to like this person, but that's the whole fucking point of storytelling. Mm-hmm. There's there's that, but there's also the fact that Vance wanted to take over Discovery. I'm not saying he gets to do it this way, but here's a perfect chance for him to embed at least one of his people so he knows what the fuck is going on behind the scenes. Right. Right. That right. makes sense. It makes that's total perfect. sense. And I, I I thought that's what Vance was going to do when he when he went and go said. Discovery to Vulcan. He goes, okay, yeah, you're gonna take what's her face, Lieutenant. I forgot the Lieutenant that was uh, on the vessel the first time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willis, I think. Yeah, yeah I think Lieutenant that is Willis, her name. and she's gonna go with you since you don't have a first officer. Well, here you are. Here's your first officer. You're gonna tell the Vulcans that Michael Burnham's coming, and let's we'll start, you know, opening some dialogue. Let's see how this goes. And that would have been a perfect segue, and you wouldn't have to really deal with a Tilly situation at all. It would have been clean. It would have been. And we wouldn't have. And we wouldn't have had to regress Burnham in 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 that regard. Even though I'm kind of fine with the fact that you know she she's been through some stuff that the other part that the other crew hasn't. Right. Um. But I think we're tiptoeing towards regressing her. We um, are regressing her, and her mama showing up was super convenient. Hmm. I didn't mind. I didn't mind Burnham's mom showing up, but yeah, I, I like I had no problem with Burnham's demotion. She earned that shit. Um, <laughs> I was glad to see Kima again. I don't. Th- I I didn't mind how they brought her back. But I just I, think that I they. I, I just think they could have done this in a little more creative a way. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it all kind of it all kind kind of starts with giving Burnham the promotion and then demoting her. And I mean, I don't know that that from the beginning made sense. That just seems like, you know, something like we all said, Admiral Vance would have tried to install a first officer. There's that, but there's also the fact that I'm worried about Burnham and I'm glad she got demoted and understood it because Burnham is acting like season one Burnham without the Vulcan logic that Mm -hmm. helped her make a little bit more sensible of a decision. Yes. And her, I, you know, I like that her mama did show up. I like that actress. I like that character. I just, for me to make sense, it seemed very convenient. She came out of the wormhole, dropped in this colony, and they kind of gave her to the Vulcans, and she became part of the, I can never say from Star Trek Picard that group's name properly. The Quatmalot. The Quatmalot. Um, which kind of makes sense for her character. I just, I needed a little bit more because her mama is also a time traveler and wears her suit. Did her suit land somewhere else? Did her suit land with her? 
I, I would have liked if there was something more attached to that storyline that, that they brought up. Um, I think I'm, her mom reading her was necessary because I think yes. it kind of corrected Michael to where she figured out her place and sent her in herself. Um, I like what they've done with the unification. Like her her brother is kind of like this almost kind of like Sirach godlike figure for these people. Mm-hmm. And she knows him on a more personal level. And she she like, I never look back because I realize you know, there was nothing I could do. I had to let go of all that. She let go of all that. And then she realizes, you know, the, the things that her, her brother has done because of what she said to him and what he's become. Um, I like the fact that they, they brought the Leonard Nimoy and, and added that characterization in there for her to see. Uh, I kind of like the setup of the Vulcan world um, and the fact it makes totally damn sense if you been paying attention to the overall arc of the Vulcans in, in the Star Trek universe from Enterprise mm-hmm. that they would totally pull back. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the way the structure of the season, that the series was for the season, that it was supposed to come either before or after Picard, so they didn't want to step onto the whole Picard storyline, uh, but as we know, COVID totally messed with all that stuff. But I, I like the interconnection that, again, this these these writers know canon and they still were able to interwove enough of it to where you didn't really have to know some of the stuff for Picard, but if you did, added layers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there was a key point, the takeaway from there, that makes a bit of sense where the Vulcan uh, president was telling Saru, which they have some kind of connection going on there. I'm, I'm kind of shipping it a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, why do you trust these guys? And it made me think, we've only seen Starfleet. We haven't seen that segment of the Federation. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, what kind of Starfleet is this section of Starfleet? Because they're all sectioned off, as far as we know. Um, they're all sectioned off. So it made me think like, okay, there's some things about this Starfleet that I've been side-eyeing and now the Vulcans are saying, why do you trust these people? I mean, why? What have they done to give you trust? The, the ideal, the idea, the ideal of Starfleet. Yeah. yeah. That's all they're, That's that's all he's clinging to. Yes. And that's gonna bite Saru in the ass. It really is. He needs to, as uh, the Emperor said, like episode two or three, like you need to catch up, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he and I understand. I I feel for his optimism, his enthusiasm, and wanted to hold these values and thinking that he's gonna be like this nice little torch to bring people together. But dude, you're in a mess. Look mm-hmm. at this emerald chain thing that we saw in in Scavengers. Like first off, the the Orion Syndicate we've always known to be these I don't know these badass slavers from since the very beginning they've just been like this parasite that the federation has been dealing with for however long and now you have a founding member of the andorians with them i need Can a little just... bit more of that story and they seem to be everywhere which kind of makes sense because the orion syndicate was kind of everywhere as far as we know in the 24th century so them being able to be all over the place makes sense but you have in this weird power play vacuum thing with this like slaver organization and the, and the federation over here they're speaking of light and they're not fixing everything but these the, the orion syndicate is just bobbling people up like this big monster and it's, yeah, it's the, just the orion syndicate reminds me of aria talope yep it's omega all over it's omega all over again 
I really Mass- need to finish all that Mass Effect stuff. Yes, <laughs> <you do. laughs> mm-hmm. One but, other thing. I don't appreciate them writing Michael Burnham as the stupidest fucking science officer on the face of the planet. Three data points is not statistically significant enough to prove a hypothesis. And the fact that they let her walk her ass onto Navarre, all proud and certain, and she's supposed to be the science officer, it it broke it for me. I'm like, "Mm -mm, no. no." Well, it, it made sense if they wanted her to fail. Yeah. You think Vance wanted her to fail? I don't know. Correction. You think Saru wanted her to fail? Well, Well, I I know Saru doesn't want her to fail, but I don't know. I don't know Vance, but I don't know Vance. And we all know that Saru is just trying to get along. But he's smart enough to be like, Michael, you're on to something, but we need more data. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Right right now. Okay. Right now. Okay. Let's say he's not. Let's say he's not. Tilly is, Stamets is, and Tilly was the one helping her chart the data. Why didn't her girl, oh, why didn't her girl step up? She had already been demoted. It's not like he was waiting for her to demote it so you could take her place. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an issue anymore. No, so you, uh, you're making sense. Treatment. You're making sense. I'm not saying Tilly, you're not making sense. Tilly did. She said, like, we need, if we were doing a T- 2D map, yeah, but we need, we need three points. She's like, you know, we need more data. And yes, if we could get that data for the Vulcans, that would be helpful, but maybe we need more data to show to the Vulcans. And yeah, I'm with you on that one, Doctor. I I really didn't like that. And unless Vance was there to set them up for failure, I I don't know what that motivation would be. But yeah, because- Yeah, that's the only, yeah, that's the part, that's the only part that is keeping me from saying that like, this doesn't make any sense at all. You know, I, I'm not saying that you're not making any sense, Doc, but I'm saying I don't know Vance like that. None of us yeah. do. Yeah, like if Vance needed the Michael Burnham, which he didn't know as being Spock's sister as a nice little trump card, I would think he would probably would hold that back a little bit. But like, yeah, we haven't been seeing enough about his motivations, but it, I didn't like that aspect of how they kind of rush to this this story point, really. It would make more sense if that whole year that she was out there with book that she had more data points. Like she had like 26 different little black boxes, but that's not Honestly, what they did. I would have settled for 10. Three, three, okay. Okay. three. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Ooh, there was another thing that I want to talk about. There was not enough Gary in um, Sanctuary. I needed more of that. Or Gray, Gray. I'm sorry, Gray. <laughs> no. I don't know that the story lended it for. I did like the conversational between Stamets and uh, Adira. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do need them to decide whether or not they're going to have Stamets be a full-on asshole or kind of an asshole or not an asshole. They came to go back and forth each episode on that. I like, I like that, though, because that's human nature. That's okay. someone who's growing out of being just so cold and cut off, mm-hmm. but is still very much assured of his intelligence and is still going to hold on to some of that arrogance. I like that. I don't, if he was always an asshole, it would be mm-hmm. too much of a caricature. And if he had just suddenly became this understanding person, it wouldn't work for me because it's not earned. Well, it, it, okay. it, it's again, that's sort of a, that's sort of a regression because when he first went through the mycelial network, he became hippie Stamets. And I don't know if I could take that. 
at not full time. No. I do like his flyboy rivalry with a uh, uh, Detmer that, because that, oh, yeah, yeah, that is a typical kind of like pilot versus pilot type of a deal. I like that they keep in, keeping that going and it's not it's not settled. Um, and the Georgia thing. The, oh, the Georgio. I was like Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. I was like Georgia. Georgia. If she's gonna, if something happened to her, like if uh, Dr. Uh, David Kornenberg did something to her, I needed to be body horror, or it, it has to, it has to make sense for me for her to be that vulnerable. Based on what um, we saw in the preview for net this week, I think it is somebody horror. Hi, well, I didn't see the preview, so I'm happy now. Okay. It's like she was phasing and defasing. It was really weird. Okay, that I can take. It's it's that shit like from Flatline, which uh, I'm gonna trick you into watching that Doctor Who episode. You won't finish. No, the fuck. <laughs> 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 he's, like, he, he's like, that's not funny at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ha ha hell. <laughs> we gonna get cussed so, out after this episode. <laughs> so is it like the body horrors or like the like the the face and the, the like the physical like manifestations or like what is your level of body horror just out of curiosity that you can tolerate? Um, none. None. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> look, listen, okay, so look, uh, this, this is not Doctor Who, but I'm going to branch into it just to explain wh- what really did not work with me with that episode and why I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Watching it fine is a little uh, while I was watching it. And um, then they went into the flat and they saw the, 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 I guess it was the skin splayed out on the wall. No, it was the, uh, it was the her nervous system. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, bye, I'm done. I <laughs> I don't care if Peter Capaldi gave the speech of his life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm out. Okay. I I was just trying to gauge here. I'm trying to gauge what your levels are. Okay. So no future transporter accident thing for you at all. Mm -mm. Nope. I'm good. (laughs) Let it happen. Jumping back again to the scavengers episode, what were your thoughts on that one? I thought it was kind of showing that like the dichotomy of what we see so far, where you see the Starfleet Federation that we're at, where it's like this very elegant opalence, like all this really crazy technology. Mm. And then you come to to the scavengers where they're picking like a couple centuries old technology stuff and it's like dirty and grimy yet at the same time they still have some pretty advanced tech and I, I don't know if they're trying to do some kind of weird first world second third world class warfare thing going on with this I need a little bit more clarity but it it seems strange that book would allow himself to be captured like that um, do you I don't think know he allowed his, himself to be captured? I don't know <laughs> what his plan was. Um, I know he was trying to probably get that black box, if you will, and he get, maybe he got caught. 
uh, <laughs> but he seemed like he was a little miffed that that, uh, that Michael came for him. Well, yeah. Well, and uh, I I did love the intro of that episode when they were hailing the ship and Grudge was like, "What up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are y'all gonna come feed me or what?" Because <laughs> of course he didn't care about uh about his master because he's a cat. Mm, like I'm hungry. Where's the fucking food? See, now we get into my anti-cat bi- bias, which is well known on uh <laughs> in, in Twitter. Yeah, um, the episode um it was even better. Watching Giorgio read that um, Orion for filth at yes. every opportunity. I mean, <laughs> it just didn't stop. It kept going. She was mm-hmm. funny of telling him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> she made she she made the time. Okay, she's like you are worthless to me. <laughs> you are not the person I'm supposed to be talking to. <laughs> I, I don't know who said it on Twitter, but somebody said, like, are all the Orion men himbos? And I would just start cracking <laughs> seeing that on Twitter. I don't, I don't think I understand that reference. Himbos? Yeah. Bimbos, but himbos? Mimbos. Oh, I, I thought you said MOs. No, no, I didn't get that either. Mimbos. Yeah, mimbos. Like bimbos, but him. With an M. Oh, with an H. Him. With an H. Himbos. Himbos, yes. And probably. Probably. <laughs> but because every male Orion we've seen has been as dumb as a box of rocks and twice as useless. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> and every female has been female Orion has been sultry and cunning and will cut you in a heartbeat oh yes yes from evidence that's been proven in the past yes in past episodes yes um but this i don't know um i like that book is back on discovery but and he and michael are booed up or whatever but like i think he needs to have more because it's it's obvious he doesn't want to be part of Starfleet. Yet he yeah, they yeah. got to give him something to do. I will say yeah. this season better not end with him joining Starfleet. I know that fucking much. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't want him to join. I don't think he can. It's not in his nature. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if Michael can actually fully leave. No, he can't. No, not right now at least. Maybe a couple of years down the line. When the series is ready to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because she's she's found her mom that solved one burning question. And she's for whatever reason really super obsessed with this burn, uh, solving it. Something that apparently everyone else tried to solve and Michael's gonna be the one to solve it. Or um, or I'm not even sure that that they tried to solve it. I they think, just got bigger issues. And I think it's one of those things where we we're, we don't want to ask these questions because we don't we don't want to we don't want to go there. We don't know we don't want to go where it leads for whatever reason. Because everybody seems like they know more about this than they're giving than they're giving, including Starfleet. I would argue that it's not so much that they know more than they're giving. I think it goes back to what you said. They're afraid of the answer. It's, and I think for Michael, it's like, oh, if it's three points of data, 
and there's variances, then this had to come from the outside. This was an attack, which is something we can all rally behind and come back together. And mm -hmm. if the hard truth is like, no, our hubris, our failure to pay attention to shit led to, you know, what was ultimately always going to happen. What is Starfleet then? Yeah, and this is something that's been hidden at about with the other two two series, Picard and Lower Decks, how mm -hmm. Starfleet kind of hasn't really been paying attention to its federation members, to the worlds that she's discovered. It doesn't pay attention to things. It like discovers a world, does a little second contact, but doesn't check on everybody to make sure they're not listening to an evil robot. You know, um, and I think this is something that's kind of built up because the way you've said that is kind of making sense why the Federation really fell apart. Because mm -hmm. what is it if it doesn't have an external threat? I mean, it got founded by an external threat, threat which was fighting the Romulans. Mm -hmm. And then it fought the Romulans again when there was a Federation. And then it was Klingons, Klingons, uh, Cardassians. Yeah, Cardassians, Dominion, Borg. Yeah. And then the Romulan issue again. And God knows what else has happened throughout until we get to this point. So if there's not an external threat to keep these member roles together, then why are they together? And like they, like the folks on Navarre said, you know, oh, but what about the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few? I'm like, but the few comprise together make up the many. You can't keep ignoring the needs of the few because in a minute, the needs of the few is going to be less the needs of the few and the needs of a lot of fucking people because that shit's going to spread because we ignored it and the problem grew. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, kind of like COVID. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. And, and the Navarans are like, or particularly the Vulcan aspect of them are like, we may have fucking did this shit. And you guys made us do something that we thought was going to be bad. And it turned out to be bad. Even if it's not true, the fact that the, the Federation forced them to do something that they ethically thought was destructive. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that that's very, very telling. Yeah. And very so if true. I do like the fact, the fact that the Romans and the Vulcans are living on the same world now. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think the, uh, the Navarian scientists had anything to do with it, honestly. I know their 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 version of Catholic guilt is making them believe that, <laughs> but I don't think it's on them. Uh. I don't know what could it cause. That's that is the it's an interesting conundrum, but it's honestly one that they don't care about. The only people who seem to care worth anything is Burnham's little section of discovery, which I guess is a play on the name of the ship. Uh, but you know, God, let it go. <laughs> if she lets it go, we don't have a season. Uh, no, we can find something, a different uh, path within this. I mean, they're in the 33rd, 30, 32nd century, for Christ's sake. So do you oh. remember when, this is something Chris said on our podcast, on our, on the podcast years ago, years ago, where he said, and this was before Rogue One and all the extra Star Wars stuff that started coming out good. He said, all the interesting parts of the Star Wars universe in the first six movies take place in the cross screen, right? Mm -hmm. And it got me to thinking when 
Um, Book and Burnham were talking about their adventures. Me and Ben, my son, when we were watching, he was like, well, shit, we want to see that. We don't want to hear you talking about it. Let's see those. Let's see you do that shit. You know what I mean? So I I do see what you mean. Like, I don't know. I mean, we know they're not. We know she's not going to let it go. So I I don't know how far we need to take this conversation. (laughs) But it's just, again, I mean, you know, y'all said it again. She's asking questions that no one wants answered. Mm-hmm. That's going to get her tail in trouble. Yeah. Before all of this is said and done, it's already gotten her in trouble. It's going to get her in more trouble. I also don't think that solving what happened with the burn is going to solve bringing everybody together. Oh, absolutely because that, that not. was not the issue. The burn or isn't what the- drove them apart. No, it's at least those cracks were forming even back in their original timeline. Right. And then just grew and grew and grew um, as the Federation grew. It just got deeper and deeper until this was the thing that shattered everything. And I don't know if they could even bring the Federation back together, even if they were to solve it. Even if Discovery's Drive were to be like handed out to everybody, like. I don't know. Cupcake. And, and that's that's the reality with Empire. I mean, the Federation is a is a benevolent empire, but it's an em- empire nonetheless. Empires usually decline because they get too they get so big that they can't be managed anymore. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened to the Federation. But is the Federation a benevolent empire? Without coming out and saying it flatly, yes, they are. They have Section 31. The Federation is a form of an empire. It absolutely is. Just no, because, I, I, I agree with empire. Because, I just don't know if they're benevolent. Oh, well, they, oh, then yeah. they are, kind of like the British colony. The British monarchy pretended that their colonies were benevolent, but we saw how that worked out. But that's what I mean, because we saw what happened in Picard, where basically they allowed the Romulan supernova to occur and all those people to die. And so, Dublin's has a um, has a point a, a, a point where it's like nope, benevolence is done. Yeah. Or the fact that something that's always yeah. bothered me with the end of uh, Deep Space Nine is that they went invaded Cardassia Prime instead of maybe I don't know um, using having a blockade. Huh? Instead of using that diplomacy, they all like to talk about and write. <laughs> That and a blockade because they knew the founder was dying. So at some point, the founder was going to die without a cure. So they could use a diplomacy that a blockade, but instead they invaded and caused literally a civilization to die. That that at the time it didn't bother me, but as I got older and read more and went out in the world, I'm like, that was a really bad move. <laughs> that was a really shitty thing they did. That was a extremely shitty thing they did. And I understand that the Cardassians were a rebellion. You could probably pull them back and just done a blockade of Cardassia Prime and squared off all the other places. But billions of people had to have died on that planet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how benevolent we can consider the Federation. 
And that's fine. Not, no, we're not saying that from an outside view that they are. We're saying that's how they, well, at least how them, themselves, how Discovery sees it and how they portray themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the narrative that they told. And that, that's something that's been attacked, you know, with, with Discovery from day one, because the very presence of, of Section 31 begs the question, how benevolent is the, is, is Starfleet? Right. That, and that's, that's what the Kelvin universe was all about. And the answer is, if you actually look at it, not very. <laughs> Sorry. Because what kind of organization wants you to assimilate what you have, what you were, and become like them? Borg. Hmm. Borg, yeah. yeah. And that's, this is someone who served in the military. Oh, no. Hmm. Wait. I feel like our our crew is gonna become Borg like. Like resistance is futile. You will fucking be a part of the Federation or else. Join us or die. I'm hopeful that there will be a flip switch where they realize maybe they they are the bad guys. When does that ever happen in the universe in the history of ever? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good. It, it, it's it's not looking good for the Discovery crew right now. Mm-mm. And 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 dear listeners, let's let's not get it twisted. We love this universe. We love this show. But we do realize there are some aspects of leadership in this universe that's just fucked up. Fuck, fuck, stupid. <laughs> oh, they already know my steeds. I, I'll I'll say I'll shout from the mountaintops that the Jedi were shit. So I mean, mm-hmm. this is <laughs> this is this is regular for me. <laughs> they are absolutely terrible. The end. <laughs> you want to talk about trash that thinks they're doing the best for the universe? Mm. <laughs> Listen. I'm sure the Skywalkers will beg to differ among other people. <laughs> you know, it's... I did like both of these episodes. I know we've sat here and kind of shat on some of the dynamics. They're good episodes, but we're not going to ignore the problems. We, 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 don't, do, we don't do that here. I, I like that they like the Vulcans would have like a a science talk off. <laughs> that would be something very Vulcan. You know, have a TED a TED talk off if you would. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what it was. The science version of a dance battle. Yeah. I was totally making jokes about that when she said I invoke whatever she said. Because I'm not going to pretend that, that I know Vulcan. And I was like, yo, the shit's about to go down now. <laughs> Rip your set, fool. <laughs> and that was the, equi- the Vulcan equivalent of the shit going down. <laughs> oh, God. Anything you know else before I turn it over to Hiroshi to talk about some of the news she came across? Um, I'm I'm glad I watched the show with captioning on because Burnham's uh, whisper talking is getting on my nerves. Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was the other thing. That was the other thing Ben and I were talking about. It's starting to get on my nerves. It's like Soniqua, I don't know why you're making this choice to whisper act. I need you to make a different choice. You whisper acting isn't telling me that things shit is serious. You whisper acting is telling me 
I don't know if you're, are you tired, baby girl? What's happening? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> the director should have stepped in like, uh, Sonequa, dear, whatever you're doing, stop it. <laughs> do this again. <laughs> so we can hear you. Use your grown up voice. <laughs> have it. We've heard it in the past. And I mean, it's okay to use that method sparingly. But it was every time she was trying to be like, I'm serious. This is a serious point in the script. I must let you know this is serious. You have to know this is serious. Girl, if you don't use the volume in the bass in your voice. (laughs) You know, I just... (laughs) Go ahead. No, I'm done. Go ahead. I I just had a thought, you know, because we are in uncharted territory because we are so far away from what has been canon. And I don't want to put this out into the world, but what if Discovery is having a sophomore slump in his third year? It's possible. I can see it. I can see it. Because, I mean, we wanted this to happen. I mean, the first two seasons was was bang on. But But I think we're now in a place where they're not building, you know, they were building off of existing continuity. We sort of have gone in reverse, where Star Trek usually has a couple of seasons where it's like, yeah, it's okay, it's Star Trek. I'll, you know, I'll watch it, and then, but you're waiting for it to build, and then in the third season, it really takes off. And I think there's a possibility that this is in reverse now. You know, they because come, they did come out the gate swinging, but they were building off of established continuity. It was nothing. They didn't have to do any world building. Right mm-hmm. now, they do. Uh-huh. So now it's like, oops, what do we do? Let's have Sneaker Martin Green whisper act and let's promote an instant to first officer. And Sorry. I don't doubt that they have an outline and I don't doubt that they have an idea where they're going. But this is sort of the growing pains of establishing a new franchise. We just yeah. missed it because they started where they started. Mm, I could see that. They're also operating with less episodes. Like, I mean, I don't know where you guys are with your Star Trek Voyager rewatch, but those first two seasons, almost three, that's like almost 50 episodes of really slugging through it because they did four episodes per season. That was a hard watch. And so if, yeah. Somewhere in in season three is there. It ain't going nowhere. I'll pick it up whenever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I don't know if that factors in as far as world building where they might not have as much runway. But at, at the same time, you know, television has changed where you're supposed to operate with less. Mm-hmm. You know, in the so, first two she I mean, obviously none of us are going to you know, run away screaming from this show. We're going to watch it regardless because mm-hmm. we are who we are. But it's just I'm, I'm sort of setting my expectations at this point. Um, because you know, there were some flaws in what I watched this this past couple of episode episodes, and I, I think I'm just kind of level setting myself. Like, th- this is the part that we missed in the first two seasons. Real quick, tell us what you saw as the flaws for these two episodes. I just, uh, there was a, there's a lot of regressing. Hmm. Like, the character, I mean, like, Saru's relationship with Burnham is all the way back to the Shinzo now. Burnham is, like you said, Burnham, but, you know, is she's on some other stuff, but she doesn't have the Vulcan to keep her in line. Um, 
it's just it's a there's a lot going on that seems to be a bit of a regression. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it it it's not a honestly it's not a regression that makes sense. Yes, she was alone for a year. I don't see how and I get that she was out there doing her thing trying to her looking for the source of a burn was her giving herself a mission because her crew wasn't there to back her up. So I'm not saying that that doesn't make sense. But the other folks regressing does not. Does and she, sense? the other thing is that she wasn't entirely alone. She was alone in as much as she didn't have people she knew. She was with Book, but she just met Book. That's true. But I mean, they bonded. Yeah, but even still, it's not familiar. It's not the people who knew you when. It's not the people who know the things you know who are familiar. It's not home. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. home. I also think, and I, I think we discussed it in the last review, there's not a single like overall thread or arc. The first season was kind of like the Klingon War. Mm. And the second season, you know, it was the Red Angel. This third season, the burn. They're trying to make, they're trying to make it the burn, but the burn, it, it's possible they'll make the burn compelling. But right now I'm just like, does it matter what caused it? The sh- it it's nice. It's nice to know what caused it. However, the ships are gone. Folks don't trust using dilithium anymore. The Federation is what it is, and it's been that way clearly for some time. So knowing this is good, but knowing this doesn't move us forward as an as an entity. Right. No. What it will do is pull at what what remains of the social order. Like you're pulling on a thread that may actually descend this even it, it, into something even worse. Yeah. And that might actually be where we're going. It's just, I. I like, what if the answer wild. is the Federation is to fall? Well, I don't like the fact that it seems like where this is going is exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. We are, what, seven episodes in? I give little shits about the burn. I'm curious about this music thing, but mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll tie the. I'm I'm curious about other aspects of this universe. Like all of it. Yeah. Outside yeah, like, of the burn. Yeah, like like why are there Dorians hooking up with the slavers? That's what I want to know. A yeah. founding member that, you know, I'm I'm so in love with Enterprise. Enterprise is one of my favorite Star Trek shows. It's not the favorite, it's in my top three. But the Dorians came from, you know, fighting with the Vulcans kind of being considered the country bunkins of the universe, becoming a founding member of the Federation, and having these, like, maybe it's because of Jeffrey Combs acting as Sean, but being with these slaves, it, it needs to make a little bit sense for me to see how this wall kind of descend to where it is. But seeing all the different dichotomies of, like, who has what and who doesn't have what, what resources are available, what people are fighting for, and stuff like that, that's more intriguing to me than the burn. It really yeah. is that this social di- dynamics, uh, these different relationships, like we still haven't seen the Federation. We haven't seen Federation members, the Federation president, the Federation body. Mm-hmm. All we've seen is Starfleet. Yeah. Which is a problem in and of itself. And it should, mm-hmm. that should at, make Saru ask some questions. Yeah. Like why haven't been introduced to the Federation body? You know, consider especially considering that they are their walking history. Mm-hmm. 
walk in history and have a a a, a tele uh, not teleportation but a traveling device that allows them to go places instantly considering the constraints of dilithium and the usage of warp of warp travel mm -hmm. why does even the federation even know that do they even know discovery exists because Admiral Vance made it sure to the captains that he was talking to that you're not supposed to be talking about this outside this room. Mm-hmm. So there's and that. Spare comm buoys? Can they build spare comm buoys and have Discovery, you know, zip in, drop them off, and zip off? That will be one way to unite the Federation. Yeah, but the, you can set up a comm buoy, but if the infrastructure was also damaged... Yeah, yeah. who's listening? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if the Federation is the scapegoat for the burn, are they going to trust Federation? I'm sorry. If the if Starfleet and the Federation are considered kind of to blame for this shit, are they going to trust anything provided by that entity? Robert, no. that would be interesting if Starfleet was responsible for the burn. Ooh, sure, but you know. Wouldn't put in passing. I miss Ash. <laughs> I don't. Shut up. No one asked you. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Sure I'm kidding. The, the therapist admiral. I'm sorry, what? The therapist admiral. I don't remember her name right now. Mm. The one who got blown up in, at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lorca's bun. Yeah. I, I, they I definitely Ash. need some therapy on that ship. Like yes. I love, I love David Ayala. I love book. I miss Ash. Why can't my girl have both? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? I'm just saying. <laughs> Hiroshi, you had some um, behind the scenes news you wanted to share. Yes, so uh, some Star Trek news. This is pretty much official. Um, it's coming from like Starfleet, not Starfleet headquarters, but the production place itself. Uh, so season four um, is pretty much going full throttle on production. Um, they're filming up there in Canada. Um, the announcements as far as like that, they're just filming there is like Star Trek Picard is supposed to film season two and season three back to back. Okay. Um, they're trying to get it in before COVID shut it down again. Mm -hmm. No, this is this came after because of COVID. They're they're filming next next year back to back. That mm. that is the plan. Um, the the actor that played Elmore, the the little Brahmin and Elf kid, he was on a talk show and he leaked saying he's coming back to the states in January and supposedly that's when they're going to start filming Picard. Uh, mm. But with COVID, who knows? But as far as official production goes, um, season two and three are supposed to be filmed back to back. Mm -hmm. uh, Star Trek Lower Decks has been doing the voice work for season two. Uh, let's see. Uh, Star Trek Voyager um, documentary has begun filming again and is supposed to come out next year. That'll be really and, interesting to watch. Yeah, there's so much drama with that one. <laughs> And if you want to see the people that did um, Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine documentary, um, it's free on YouTube right now with ads. Um, they're the ones who are doing the Star Trek uh, Voyager documentary as well. So hopefully, 
because they are doing some of this filming up in Canada and voice work is remote, there could potentially be next year, like almost like a year worth of Shark Drive. Nice. On our TV screens. Um, with season four of Discovery, um, Lower Decks, Picard, and who knows about Strange New Worlds. But so far, officially, Star Trek Picard, Discovery, and uh, Lower Decks are in production. I remember, Anson Mount, I remember Anson Mount tweeting late summer that they had actually started production on Lower um, They've done pre-production. <laughs> They're supposed to start filming in January, but I haven't seen anything like official, official saying that they are on set and everyone is in Canada as far as official. All I've seen is like um, interviews and news reports, but I haven't seen anything from um, Paramount or CBS Access or anything like that about Star Trek New Worlds. Hmm. Oh, and speaking of Paramount, so if you have CBS All Access, you may have noticed a bunch of stuff that's been added and taken and, and moved around. It's officially going to be called Paramount Plus starting next year. Yeah, I know because I because I've been watching half and half on there because they added um, BET stuff on there. <laughs> yes, so they're adding stuff onto the CBS All Access, which at some point in 2021 to Paramount Plus, and be and have basically all of Viacom um, under one. That includes the Paramount Network, all under that. Hmm. If anyone watches that, so that is your Star Trek news. Cool. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye to our friends? No, we'll just see how it goes. Keep it up. Yep. Okay, so we'll be back again with episodes eight, nine, and ten. We kind of did these two because we were all of us were, you know, in formation agreement that that promotion was bullshit. Plus, we had originally agreed to do three at a time, but got caught up. So now we're back on track with our three at a time plan. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Doctor Zen 2015. Guys, tell them where they can find you. At Herosia Shive, all one word on Twitter. Mr. Joseph 45 on Twitter. Uh, P Funk 1130 on Twitter. And at your mama, we said what we said about Tilly, and we ain't changing our mind. We love her, but this is some bullshit. <laughs> And now we are no longer offended. See, Chris knew. Chris knew like Baby Yoda knew about um, uh, Gina Carano. That's the real one shit. That's why he was like making show art with him on a plate of lettuce and calling. Him. <laughs> and, uh, he knew. He knew in his spirit. He felt it coming. Mm -mm -mm. And we we talked about him. We are formally apologizing to Chris for giving him shit for that. <laughs> anyway, guys, we will see you next time. Say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.